0: Welcome to Ghostly.
1: Is the Myrtles Plantation haunted?
0: Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button and we're your host.
1: Yeah, I'm Rebecca, and he's Pat. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) So, oh my God. Today, we'll be talking about the Myrtles Plantation House in Louisiana. Yes. Um, We are recording this episode on, on Juneteenth. The date, June 19th, 1865, refers to the day when the last enslaved African Americans learned of their emancipation, which was almost six months after Congress passed the 13th Amendment, which... As you know, abolish slavery. Yes. Uh, Seems the slave owners didn't want to let their slaves know the news.
1: Yeah, I guess they they They, just just let it take its sweet time. No, they just forgot, I'm Mm. sure. You know,
0: they probably meant to tell them, right?
1: Uh, I would say no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So here is what the amendment says about slavery.
1: Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So,
0: there is a form of slavery that's allowed if you are convicted of a crime.
1: We can put you in jail. Yeah, we (laughs) can. And make you work.
0: Yeah, make you work. That's pretty much what it is. So, uh, to Which, be fair,
1: that's you know, still a thing. But, in, anyways, we won't be we won't worry about that one today.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, to be fair, as white people, we are probably the least likely people to be experts on slavery. This is true. Uh, Juneteenth is a celebration for the Black people of the U.S., and I think that it should be a day that we remember the wrongs done by racial injustice as as white people.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say it seems weird to say celebrate, though. Of course, it is something to celebrate. Yeah, uh, obviously, but I think also as um, white people, it's a it's a good time for us to do what we can to help. Yes, Black people, and part of that is you know, um, teaching history and, and helping out as much as we can yeah, and being as supportive as possible. So, So, yeah,
0: we picked this episode specifically for this particular thing. Um, you know, I was hoping that it would, uh, shed some light on the mistreatment, but, um, in the history section, you won't hear much about the horrific nature of slavery. It's only because slave owners rarely kept documents of their inhumane treatment. You know, it's probably something, you know, I mean, I think that they knew that they were doing wrong. Oh, yeah. But they were like, so, I mean, because if not, they would just be like, you know, whipped person today or whatever. You know, it would just be like something that they would document, right? Yeah. Um, but even if the slaves were treated in the most humane way possible, which is highly unlikely... Uh, The idea of buying someone and forcing them to work for you without any wages and without the possibility to provide a better life for their families, if they were even allowed to be with their families, that's just wrong on every level.
1: Yes. (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) nevertheless, or probably caused from inhumane treatment, Myrtle's Plantation is known as being one of the most haunted locations in the U.S. And possibly the
1: world. Yeah, there are articles that will say it's the most haunted house in the world. I, I'm not sure if I will go that far, but it's certainly up there. Uh, and you know, it is interesting when you we'll talk about this when we get to the history, but um, the lack of history when well, it comes to some of the uh, specifically for this this plantation, um, you know, can be it can be um, difficult. Yeah. To find.
0: And um I will say that there's a lot of legend that isn't backed up by anything. So. Oh yeah.
1: When we get to the ghost part, the yeah. there's gonna be the like story that gets told. Yeah. And then well, what, what the I effect say is, is fact. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> so this is the part where we would usually give shout outs on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. As we always say, we prefer those five-star reviews, but don't feel like you have to. We will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar, and we have a few different tiers to choose from, various different levels, and um, all of them get you something.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and I'm going to say, so our most recent Patreon ep- episode, our Ghostly X, uh, was super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm. You know, I mean, we, 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 we do interviews and we, we try to have fun with news stories and all of that. But uh, we kind of started a new tradition and I don't know exactly how it's going to fit in Ghostly <laughs> X going <laughs> forward. Uh, but we played some games like some uh,
0: paranormal based some paranormal games.
1: based games like uh, well games
0: know, that you would play, but not typically paranormal. We turned them into we paranormal. We made them
1: paranormal games. like Rebecca Ghost Story Mad Lib.
0: Yeah, that was so much fun. That
1: was I laughed very, very hard at yeah. that. And, um, you know, and we
0: Bob was to be at fault for that. Spoiler alert
1: well always yeah <laughs> uh, you know and uh, we a lot of um would you rather or yeah. you know just lots of fun fun stuff we have a yeah. good time over there kind of get to know us a little better and know our guests a little bit yeah. better in the world of the paranormal so um definitely go check us out ghostlypodcast.com click on patreon and uh, check out those tiers yeah i mean we
0: did it for uh, a few reasons but one of the reasons was to celebrate my birthday Bye. And it was a lot of fun. We recorded it right on my birthday. It was a lot of fun. But sadly, we do not have any shout outs to give.
1: No, not this this episode, but definitely uh, go give us a review. Check us out on Patreon and yeah. you could be uh, our next shout out.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right. So I've got some listener mail. Okay. Um. So this is from Damon and... Um, he actually posted about this on Facebook mm. um, back at the end of March. There's a post he put up with a picture. Wait,
0: you mean people are still on Facebook?
1: Yeah, this is on um, our Facebook <laughs> group called Ghostly Society. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you are on Facebook uh, or you know even if you don't go there often, go join Ghostly Society. We that is have a lot, a of, lot fun. of fun there. Yeah. Uh, And and, yeah, it's a good place. Um, So Damon says, my wife and I moved into our home in March of 2020. We've both experienced paranormal occurrences since then, but one thing has piqued our curiosity. We have a small, pitch black, ball-shaped entity that moves very fast across our kitchen floor. My wife was the first one to notice it she would randomly stare at the kitchen floor from the living room and I would ask her what was going on. She would tell me that she sees something move very quickly across the floor in the kitchen. It would happen randomly and I always went to check and see what I could find. Nothing would be in the area. One morning, I got up for work and headed to the bathroom, which is off of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I set my clothes down and I noticed something when I turned around. I saw a small black ball-shaped entity quickly roll across the floor. It went into the side of the kitchen cabinet where it disappeared. I would have thought it was a mouse if it wasn't for the squelching sound it made as it moved. My wife has seen it again since then. This time it bounced out of our bedroom and disappeared as it hit our front door.
0: Wow. Wow so yeah thank you so much damon if the pandemic wasn't scary enough i mean you move into a new place in march of 2020 wow
1: wow the yeah right get get to know your new home
0: exactly you really get to know your new home uh we always want to hear your stories to send us a story you can email us at info ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com and one of our favorite ways is to get a ghost story in the actual mail, which hasn't happened for some time now. Um, you can just send it with like one of those stamps, right? You have to put mm-hmm. stamp on it. Uh, or postcard is even fine, right? Still need to put a stamp on it, but it's less money. Uh, P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And as always, you're probably not going to write that down when you hear it. So just go to ghostlypodcast.com, scroll to the bottom, and it's all in the footer.
1: Absolutely. And you know, if you have had a similar um black ball entity in your home, please let us know and we can we can share that with Damon.
0: I you know, I had a black ball situation, but it was dressed in all white.
1: So it was a white ball?
0: Yeah. No, it was a black ball dressed in white. Oh. It had a white dress on it.
1: It <laughs> was a lady in white? Yeah. <laughs> All Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You ready for polls?
0: Am I ever ready for polls, Rebecca?
1: I mean, you should be. You won a lot of polls.
0: Not the last uh, one or two.
1: Yeah, but before that, you had a big streak. All right.
0: right. Rip the band aid off, Rebecca. Come on.
1: In our last episode, we talked about Airedale Asylum in Australia. Australia. Australia, I don't know, I can kind of do the accent.
0: It's Australia. Uh. <laughs> it's <Okay>. Foster. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <Right? bear. laughs> that's all I can think of. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, yes, 59.1% uh. and no, 409 I thought for sure you were going to win. You were ahead for a little I was while. Ahead.
0: Yeah, I was ahead in the beginning. Um, this was actually a lot closer than you guys would probably think. Um, although the last couple of days we've had you know a few yes votes that have swung your way, came out. Um, but you know, after the first week, it was looking like I was up by like 80% too. So, but skeptics vote early,
1: believers come in late.
0: Yeah, you guys are late to the party. (laughs) Uh, the overall rating so people can vote on how haunted they believe something is. One being not haunted at all, ten being the most haunted place ever, just like we do here, except you can't give a zero or an infinity plus.
1: <laughs> uh, the square root of uh, <laughs> something. I don't
0: know. Mm-hmm. Uh so the overall rating was five even.
1: Okay. So the rating was kind of in the middle. But yeah. It,
0: but that's kinda of high, that kind of high still. Yeah.
1: yeah, it is. Uh all right. So Airedale, check. Haunted. Mm-hmm. All right. I have got a ghost story for us, too. It's
0: time for a spooky tale from Rebecca.
1: It happened again last night. I came in this morning to... Another report of guests leaving in the middle of the night. No explanation, just we have to go. I remember when I started as a guest services supervisor at Myrtle's Plantation, the previous supervisor told me that about once a month, someone leaves. And to not take it too personally or worry too much about it, the owners are used to it. Besides, they rarely ask for any money back but they sure are scared of something. One tour guide, who has been here a long time, told me about what happened when they filmed a movie here years ago. They moved the furniture around in one room to set up for a shot. Then they all went to lunch, and when they came back, the room was back to where it was originally. They were super upset, thinking some staff at the plantation played a joke. But... After it happened a second time, they just filmed what they could and left. One guest told me that she felt something tickle her feet while she was in bed. She said it felt like the presence of a child playing a game. She also heard giggling. She's not the only one to tell me these stories. Another group told me once they stayed up late downstairs playing cards, just hanging out. All of a sudden, they heard the piano from the other room playing the same chord over and over and over again. At first, they thought it was just a kid having fun. But then it started to get annoying, and they wondered if this kid was out without a parent, and it was pretty late. So two of them went to look, and the second they walked into the room, the playing stopped. No one was there. It had been playing up to the very moment they turned the corner. Now, I haven't seen much myself. Sure, sometimes I think I see a shadow out of the corner of my eye, and sometimes I feel like a hand on my leg, and sometimes I also think I hear the laughter of children, even when there's none here. Okay, <laughs> maybe I have had some experiences. But maybe because it's during the day, I find them more funny or annoying than threatening. I think most guests do too. But every so often, those ghosts <laughs> go too far and quote unquote playing with a guest and then we lose another one to the night <laughs> certainly makes for an interesting workplace
0: Wow, that was really spooky um but what are you what are you saying that that people get killed there? No, they leave oh they leave okay like yeah. when you say we lost <laughs> another one
1: well, I said they don't there's no explanation just we have to go like okay. they're like, we gotta go we gotta get out of here we, we can't stay, spend the night.
0: Mm. Well, they could always donate their room to me, and I will spend the <laughs> night there in their in their absence.
1: In their absence, yeah. Um, so uh, I, I know you always ask me how much is based on, yes. on real stuff, and uh, a lot of it is, actually. Mm. These are um, a lot of the reports that people give, and there have been, uh, I found two different places with different people, one a supervisor and one a tour guide that talk about how, yep, nope, people, people just leave in the middle mm. of the night. They don't don't stay. They can't handle it. (laughs) And others who are like, yeah, I stayed there and these things happened to me. And, you know, it was fine. But it was creepy.
0: Well, I, you know what? I think we should take a break. And then when when we return, we will go over the history and find out if there's any reason that that might be happening. Sounds good. Hi, I'm M.F. Thomas, the creator and host of the My Dark Path podcast. In every episode, I explore the fringes of history, science and the paranormal based on my travels around the world. Episodes include a haunted hotel in Taiwan, murders in a home designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, UFO encounters in New England, and how the story of Frankenstein inspired the inventor of the pacemaker. So if you geek out over these topics, you're among friends at My Dark Path. Listen on any podcast platform, visit MyDarkPath.com, or see our episodes on YouTube. Thanks for listening and walking the dark paths of the world with me.
1: Pats. Facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pats. Facts. Keep it all to you. Pats. Facts. Facts.
0: All right, so you ready for the Pat Facts?
1: Pat Facts! <laughs>
0: Okay, so the Myrtles Plantation is located 26 miles north of Baton Rouge and 98 miles northwest of New Orleans. I'm not even going to round. I'm not even going to say like 25 miles from Baton Rouge and 100 <laughs> miles from... No, those are, the, those are the numbers I got. Those so, are the numbers, all right. Uh, although Myrtles Plantation is located in Louisiana, the story doesn't start there, Rebecca. Ooh, okay. In 1762, David Bradford was born in what was called Washington County, which is now part of Pennsylvania, oddly enough. Okay. Um, There's not much known of his er early life, but in 1782, he was the sixth attorney to be admitted to the Washington County Bar Association. Uh, He was known as a brilliant young lawyer, and he quickly established a very successful practice. All right. He had a lot of family connections, so that made politics something kind of easy for him to get into.
1: I think a lot of times people like lawyers and politics, there's a lot of, because I think you got to run for like district attorney or that kind of thing. So a connection between those. So in
0: 1791, he became more and more absorbed in the escalating protest over a whiskey tax, which had been levied by the federal government. Uh, this led to a whiskey rebellion, which was an insurrection that was caused by a lot of different factors, including the lack of federal courts, mm. which you wouldn't even think of. But people would have to be moved to Philadelphia for trials. Oh, wow. No okay. matter where they were in Pennsylvania so okay. um, or in that surrounding area, too. Mm-hmm. So when people would protest paying this tax... They would be taken from their families and moved to Philadelphia to await their trial, which could literally take months. Uh, And back in those days, being away from your family that long would mean that even if you were innocent, you would probably lose every single thing that you ever owned.
1: Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, not I mean, that's possible today.
0: Uh, It is. But, you know, now, hopefully you get a trial a little bit faster. Uh, yeah. This is all, you could be totally innocent. Everybody could know it, but you you go down there and you have to wait for your trial. Yeah, well, we, we have a whole incarcerated system with, with bail
1: and all that stuff. But again, Absolutely. we're working on the ghost story. Let's, <laughs> or the history here. <laughs> Keep going. Mm-hmm. So
0: President George Washington ordered 13,000 troops to Washington, Pennsylvania area, as the first test of the power of the new government. When the militias arrived, they began arresting suspected rebels. Among those who had warrants out for their arrest was Bradford.
1: Wow, I mean it's so interesting to think that they were considered rebels, you know, they were like because they were protesting and refusing to pay uh, a tax, but I guess this was the time to for the federal government to start saying, "Well, we have the right to do that."
0: Yeah, and whiskey consumption actually was at an was at a high at that point because mm. Um, after the, after the, um, revolution, you know, they needed something to do now. So they were drinking a lot of whiskey and therefore, um, Washington thought this would be a great way to help pay back Yeah, the revolutionary war. Sure. So I started taxing people a lot. And of course, in those days, people hated the idea of someone taxing them.
1: I, I. Yeah, I mean, I think they still do. But yeah, that was the whole point of yeah, exactly. the uh, <laughs> Revolutionary War. Right?
0: Yeah, So there is a documented fictitious story of Bradford's escape. But it probably was more that he was just tipped off well in advance, that they were coming for him. Uh, he didn't want to leave, but he did. And he eventually made his way down to Spanish West Florida, which we now call New Orleans. Okay. Um, in 1797, Bradford completed work on a home on 600 acres of land. He didn't bring his wife, Elizabeth, and his five children to the plantation right away because, of course, there was warrants out for him. Uh, So he lived there alone until President John Adams pardoned him in 1799.
1: Now, was that considered the United States at that point?
0: No, it wasn't. Okay. That's why it was Spanish. Gotcha. Yeah, Spanish West Florida. Okay. No, it was definitely not. So, the house that he made was called the Laurel Grove, um, but it was nicknamed the Whiskey Dave.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, Bradford died in
0: 1808, and Elizabeth continued to run the plantation for another nine years. She gave the house and all of its slaves to Clark Woodruff, who married the Bradford's daughter, Sarah Matilda. Uh the Wood the Woodruffs had three children Africa Gail James and Mary Octavia Before Sarah Matilda and two of her three children died in 1823 and 1824 of yellow fever So Clark
1: by the way remember that particular fact for later on when we're talking about the ghost legends like Oh I'm going to remember. That whole thing is super I, important.
0: I totally remember this. Yes. So. I'm I'm ready for you Rebecca. Oh, I think I'm ready for you. (laughs) Okay. Clark Woodruff and his one surviving daughter left the plantation in 1831, so seven years after, and had a caretaker look over the plantation. Shortly after that, Clark sold the plantation and its slaves to Ruffin Gray Sterling, (laughs) what a name, Uh, and his wife, um, Mary Catherine Cobb, who did major remodeling of the house so much so that they almost doubled the size of the dwelling. And they brought in a bunch of European furniture and made it look all fancy. (laughs) Uh, During that time is when it became known as the Myrtles Plantation because of the uh, crepe myrtles that grew in that area, which is a flower. Okay. Sterling died in 1854 and left the plantation to his wife. Now, during the Civil War... A lot of these plantation houses were robbed of all of their possessions when the owners were away, maybe fighting in the Civil War. Um, This was true of Myrtle's plantation, too. In 1865, Mary Cobb Sterling hired William Drew Winter to help manage the plantation as her lawyer and agent. I'm sure you're going to tell them to remember that name, too, right?
1: Um, yes, Yes. that name is going to come up for sure. So
0: Winter was married to Sterling's daughter, Sarah, and they went on to have six children, one of whom, Kate Winter, died from typhoid at the age of three. The family fortune was lost in the aftermath of the war due to it being tied up in Confederate currency.
1: I'm sure also because they didn't have any slave free labor to do all their work for them anymore.
0: I mean, probably, yeah. Uh, And the Winters were forced to sell the plantation in 1868, but were able to buy it back just two years later. Okay. Uh, In 1871, William Winter was killed on the porch of the house, possibly by a man named E.S. Weber. Sarah remained at Myrtles with her mother and siblings until 1878. When she died, Mary Cobb Sterling died in 1880, and the plantation passed to her son, Stephen. Stephen. The plantation was heavily in debt, however, and Stephen sold it in 1886 to Orrin D. Brooks, who in turn sold it in 1889. The plantation changed hands several times until 1891 then, when it was purchased by Harrison Milton Williams.
1: Um, um, I need a list of every single person that owned it <laughs> in all these <laughs> like two-year period. <laughs> it was
0: not... Formally documented a lot of times during those days. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In the early part of the 20th century, uh, the land surrounding the house was divided among the heirs of Harrison Milton Williams. In the 1950s, the house itself was sold to Marjorie Munson, who apparently noticed odd things happening around the Myrtles, resulting in numerous ghost stories. The plantation went through several more ownership changes in the 1970s, before being bought by James and Francis Kerman Myers, who ran the plantation house as a bed and breakfast, yeah. Uh, during this time, Francis Myers, writing as Francis Kerman, wrote a book about the Myrtles Plantation, naming it as the most haunted house in America. The current owners, John and Tita Moss continue to open the house for tours and overnight guests. In, in August 2014, a fire occurred in the historical general store, located just 10 feet from the main house, causing substantial damage. The most severe damage was in the extension of the building constructed in 2008, leaving most of the original structure intact and not harming the house at all.
1: Now, I read this in one place, so I didn't bring it in as an argument, but there's some some people that work there, like there's something that happened that they believe like the ghosts did that prevented the fire from hurting anybody or getting into the the original structure. Well, it's mighty nice of them. I, right? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't quite understand exactly what it was that they think <laughs> the ghosts did. But anyways, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Listed on the National Register of Historic Places, the Myrtles Plantation continues to be a popular tourist attraction due to its association with paranormal activity and has been featured in many books, magazines, newspapers, and television shows. All the big ones have been there. You know, your boy Zach Baggins has been there. Ghost Hunters. And yeah, all of them have been there. And in fact, Unsolved Mysteries was there as well.
1: They were. And um, I didn't, again, there's too many stories, but supposedly they had uh, electrical trouble. They did, with their yeah. equipment. Um, So it, they, nowadays they have a fancy new restaurant they've opened. I saw that, it's, yeah. It's still a bed and breakfast. But I think what disturbed me the most, reading the history, especially on, like the their own website or just even around, like you at least mentioned slaves and that they were sold with the house, yes, um, or inherited with the house. Uh, nowhere is that even mentioned. Yeah, you know, and like you said earlier, it's just you know a big part of it too. I mean, one obviously. They don't want the, the place associated with, <laughs> uh, you know, horrible memories. Um, but also, uh, there just isn't a lot of documentation, you know? It's like, we don't, it's so interesting to think, like, here's the story of this of this house, right? Yeah, and
0: I could have went on and talked about the interior and the exterior of the house. Sure. Because there was 22 rooms in the house. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. it is.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, but to think that there's, but there's not also stories of like, and these were some of the the slaves that live there and like what happened in their lives and how they escaped or like, and I'm sure some of that is, is probably out there if you really dig for it, but it's not like common, to find as like just part of the history of this, of this house, no, you know, and that's so sad. And it just makes me like, I'm just, I've kind of, I've always felt this way and I, I'm still there and I'm sure it's a beautiful place, but I just can't imagine like staying there. i like, oh, taking a I tour could. would be interesting, I suppose, but I, you know, it depends on how they do the tour, yeah, you know, and what kind of real information they're going to, they're going to share, you know.
0: I mean, I will tell you this. I mean, first of all, people were ashamed of what they did, I think.
1: Some somewhere.
0: And um so therefore there wouldn't be documentation of it. But another reason why is because slave owners considered their slaves to be less than human. Oh yeah. Because they couldn't do what they did if they thought of them as human beings like them. Absolutely. So they thought of them like they would think of cattle. Yep. Or something like that. They were expendable. Mm-hmm. They were purchased and expendable to them. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's so. I mean, I'm not saying that this all happened at the Myrtles Plantation. As as I said, they could have been super nice to the slaves there. Although I'm sure you're going to have some stories in the ghost story part.
1: Not necessarily, actually, to be okay. honest. But um, but yeah, but wait, we don't. But again, right, they wouldn't necessarily document. Like yeah. here, And here's the horrible... Th- I mean, maybe they have... I'm sure they have maybe punishment records or things like that that they kept. But I think you're probably right, too, with all the... the with the Civil War and all the things that were going on. It's like, well, we're going to maybe get rid of this. Or it was just lost to history. Like, why would you keep all of that, you know? I'm well, sure. it,
0: especially when the House exchanged hands.
1: So many times. Yeah.
0: And, you know, people didn't really... Realize that this was going to be a part of history, and that they need to archive that stuff. Right. Exactly. So, there's a lot of different factors that play into that. But no, with a lot of these plantation houses, um, you're not going to find much documentation. I mean, I've been in a plantation house before. I used to know someone that owned a plantation house. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was beautiful. It was actually small for what I would have imagined a plantation house to be. Right. And this picture. This was in New Orleans. Okay. In a um, there's like a little um, not an island, but like a peninsula or an isle or something like that mm-hmm. that's off of New Orleans. Okay, that's where they owned it. And um, again, as I said, it was, it you know, I, I don't know, I there was multiple floors, but there wasn't that many bedrooms, and it was you know the rooms were smaller than they were. Than they are in a modern day house,,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like your living room wasn't like humongous like it is in some houses nowadays,
1: yeah, so
0: anyways, but um, yeah, but there was probably a lot of bad things that happened in that that house,
1: yeah. Uh, Definitely. So it just, like I said, it just was jarring to read it and then be like, yep, nope, we just didn't. Yeah, I guess we're just not going to talk about any of that, are we? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But even in
0: the best case scenario, slavery in all of its forms was totally bad.
1: Yeah, I think we can, I hope we can all agree on that part.
0: Even if the slaves got along with the family, they were kept from pursuing their dreams.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Anyways... Um, enough of that. Um, when we return, we will get to the debate.
1: Let's do it. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common?
0: Um, my life?
1: (laughs) Well, yes, but no, (laughs) it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. But aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes.
1: Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners, and us, of course.
0: We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society.
1: Let's hope now they will.
0: Unless they're a woman in white. All right, it's time for a debate.
1: It is. (laughs) All right, so I know that I say this a lot lately. but There are so many ghost stories for this place. Uh, But what's actually really difficult to do is pick out fact from fiction when it comes to the legends told about this place. So I'm going to start off by sharing some of the legends, and we'll talk about what's true and what isn't true, or I'm sure Pat's going to say that none of it's true in different (laughs) ways. But then we'll we'll dive into the real evidence. So this first part here is going to be a little bit longer. uh, But then uh, then we'll we'll kind of make our way through through the evidence here. Um, The first thing that I want to debunk is that um, there is a ghost that people claim, reportedly, like walks, staggers, or crawls up the stairs and stops on the seventeenth step, Um, and they believe it is as you pointed out when we went through the history, William Drew Winter who is the um, the victim of the only verified murder of, in the house, right? So you'll hear stories of Confederate soldiers that died or like whatever other, we're going to hear a story of another murder here in a minute, but um, it's the only verified murder and um, that he basically was shot on the front porch and then, um, according to the legend, staggered or crawled up the stairs but and then collapsed dead on the 17th step alternate versions um, of his murder claim. He managed to crawl up the stairs and collapsed into his wife's arms on the 17th step. Um, but basically there is zero proof of any of that. Um, in fact, the um, the records at the time say that he died immediately after being shot. Um, so no, does that mean that there aren't footsteps on the stairs? Does that mean that there aren't, You know, ghosty sounds, no, Uh, but it does mean that they are not William Drew Winter. (laughs) Mm. Um, possibly the next most well-known, or the most well-known story, I really should say, of Myrtle's supposed ghosts is Chloe. Mm -hmm. This is the story you will absolutely hear if you go on a tour at the Myrtle Myrtle's Plantation. So, Chloe was reportedly a slave or a version of this you'll hear. Reportedly a slave owned by Clark and Sarah Woodruff. According to one story, Clark Woodruff had pressured or forced Chloe into being his mistress. Other versions have Chloe listening at keyholes to learn news of their business dealings. Or one I read was that she wanted to like do better so they wouldn't like punish her so much. So she was listening at keyholes. Um, and then they say that after being caught either by Clark or Sarah, um, they cut off one of her ears. And so she wore a green turban to hide this um, horrible uh, punishment. Chloe then supposedly baked a cake for the daughters or one of the two daughters and, and in that cake, she put an extract of boiled and reduced oleander leaves, which are extremely poisonous. The reason that she did that was to get back to work inside the house, because obviously that was uh, oftentimes you hear stories, you know, that working in the house was easier a little bit than working out in the fields. Um you know, I don't know a maid who was getting the favor of the mistress was a suspect, um, with some saying she was getting revenge on the Woodruff, some saying she was attempting to redeem her position by curing the family of the poisoning. I don't know, whatever. So she, she, she didn't necessarily in this legend want to kill the wife or the daughters, just wanted them to get sick. And then she could go work in the house. um, But according to the legend, her plan backfired. Only Sarah and her two daughters ate the cake and all died from the poison. Chloe was then supposedly hanged by other slaves and thrown into the Mississippi River, either as punishment or to escape um, punishment by Clark Woodruff for harboring her. But the historical record does not support basically anything. In this story. Well,
0: I, I heard it a little bit different, too. Yeah, tell that, me your version. Is that Clark um, liked to get a little frisky with Oh, his yes. Slaves. That is also a story. Yeah. Yes. And um, so she went along with it because she knew that this would be... Or Chloe went along with it because she knew it would be easier.
1: And she also didn't really have a choice. But.
0: And uh, eventually she stopped mm-hmm. and he cut off her ear.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And then... So, this was a revenge act,
1: a revenge act, yeah. gotcha, okay um so yeah, there's no record of the Woodruffs owning a slave named Chloe um like they like you could they literally the one article I read said that they had looked through all the records of every slave name, <laughs> and there was no Chloe now, of course, that name could have been changed, I suppose if this was a real story, but it's not because the legend also usually claims that Sarah and her two daughters were poisoned, but Mary Octavia survived well into adulthood. Uh, finally, Sarah James and Cornelia Woodruff were not killed by poisoning, but instead, as Pat told us earlier, um, had yellow fever. Um, it also kind of implied that I think it's that Sarah was pregnant. She must have been pregnant or something like that when she was killed because there was no third kid, but there was a third kid. So, Again, just so many factual things <laughs> that were wrong with that story. Um, but regardless of the factual accuracy of the Chloe story, some believe that a woman wearing a green turban does haunt the plantation.
0: Yeah, a green a green beret.
1: Well, I've never read a beret. I only ever read a turban. Or That's what a they scarf. say.
0: It's a green. It's a green beret too. Interesting. Um, so okay. Anyways, um, so to go over some of the legend here. Right. It all started with Munson uh, in 1950s, so she uh, heard some of the local stories that had gotten started, and these were all just like, they they had no basis in facts at all, and she uh, developed the idea of Chloe, and she also developed the idea of Winter's dying on the... On the seventeenth stair, mm. in in his beloved wife's arms, um, and she penned a song about the ghost of um, Myrtles, a woman in the green beret. Um, but oh. all, so okay, so where this all starts from, though, is according to the granddaughter of Harrison and Fanny Williams, uh, Lucille Laurison. Uh, her aunts used to talk about the ghost of an old woman who haunted the Myrtles and who wore a green bonnet. Uh, they often laughed about it, and it became a family joke.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not based upon anything. It was a joke. And she had heard the story. Munson had heard the story from the locals and decided it was all true, turned it into a song. Um, and then... The story grew and changed, and the Myrtles changed hands several times. And so, you know, a lot of them didn't know what to think of it. Um, But that's when, um, in 1970, it became that they were poisoned um, and the severed ear. And up until this point, it was largely just a story that it was passed on by word of mouth. And it received little attention outside of that area. Um but when Frances Kerman Myers um passed through on a riverboat, uh she decided that they should buy that house because she was hearing from the locals some of the stories. So it it's just this is all just based upon what Munson said and what Kerman wrote.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um None of this is based upon any real events that occurred,
1: well, so a lot of that are, are things that I found, yes, that is all true um that um there is a a story you know that um that Lucille found that her aunts used to talk about the ghost of an old woman who wore the green hat mhm um you know, and I don't think that they necessarily thought of it as a made-up story. It was just a it was a story that people had told and people had seen things um, and but this particular ghost um, was described as an older woman, not a young girl, yeah. not a young slave yeah um, and never anything about her being in an affair, anything like that. Um, and then, yes, Marjorie Munson did you know make a song about it, and it was definitely something that people talked about. Um, but Frances Myers did in fact claim that she herself encountered this ghost in 1987. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said she was asleep in one of the downstairs bedrooms and she was suddenly um, awoken by a black woman wearing a green turban and a long dress. She was standing silently by the bed, holding a candlestick in her hand. Um, So Frances said she was so real that the candle even gave off a soft glow. Knowing nothing about ghosts, she says, she was terrified, pulled the covers over her head and started screaming. Then she slowly peeked out and reached out a hand to touch the woman who had never moved. And to her amazement, the apparition vanished.
0: Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking is that the stories, the, the legend that was a lot of it was made up Yes, and it was, it it, it taints the evidence then. And by, by telling whoever it was that you said had the sighting, um, this, they're on the lookout for that. They're prepared for that. She was waking up from a dream. And a lot of times as we've kind of talked about on ghostly, Sometimes these things happen when you're just waking up. That really makes me think that it was just half dream, half awake kind of thing. And that's why it disappeared. Once she, you know, when she reached out her hand, so she moved and she was more aware of herself and she woke up more.
1: I don't know. She says she covered her head and, you know, screamed. And then when she looked, I mean, that to me is like the most terrifying story. The concept of like you see a ghost. And then when you look back, it's still there. You
0: can't have ghost stories that are half lies and half truths and then believe it at face value.
1: Well, so here's my thought on it. My take on it is that there is a ghost that's there that has a green hat of some sort. Um, and that that has that spirit has been around for a lot of years, um, but that you know no one knows the backstory of this person, and so at some point you know somebody made it made one up, uh, maybe in writing the song or whatever it was they kind of made up this story, um, and it, it does it is difficult because it does taint the the story and the evidence, but um, but to me you know some it, even if this woman with the green bonnets isn't chloe um you know still could be a ghost that's there um though there aren't a a ton of stories there's a ton of stories about the children Mm -hmm. ghosts but the woman with the green turban not as many yeah so
0: so that's why i'm thinking that it's it's got to be just this person saying that and you know it's like if you're on the lookout for something you're more likely to see see something like that and you know especially just waking up from a dream i you know i'm going to rate this really low i'm going to go zero on this one
1: okay i'm going to give it a 5 okay because i again it's not close that's pretty low for you but yeah i'm a little like trust me there's plenty of other evidence out there everybody don't worry OK, um, I'm but worried this one, you know, I'm not as sure about the woman in the green hat just because it has been tainted by these other stories. But I just find it interesting that basically there's a lot of the websites you're going to go to. And the story that we just shared about Chloe is the story that you're going to read like mm-hmm. as 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 fact. And that is also the story that you will read on their own website. Um, but it is again pretty easy to disprove without having to do a whole lot of lot of research. I mean,
0: I have I had to look hard for that one. Mm. Uh and eventually the stuff that I am reporting comes from actually um American haunted haunting American haunting's Inc. Dot com.
1: Yes, that's the same, same one of the same ones I found. I found some others yeah, yeah. too, but I think that one is Troy Taylor. I'm not sure. Um, I know he was one of the ones who debunked it. He's and and by good. the way,
0: these people do go on to say that they believe that there is a ghost, just yes. not the ones that we are saying that they are. Exactly. So, I mean, I say that that's a little bit more credible mm-hmm. because they are showing that they did their research, they're a little bit more skeptical about it. And at the end, that's what their conclusion is. My conclusion is different yes. so far, but
1: we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, well, definitely I'm going to put I the number of websites I found researching this. Um, and I'm sure Pat did as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is a lot. Uh, so, I mean, there's actually a whole Wikipedia page just for these um, legends. <laughs> like mm. just to show that they're that, and, and kind of the debunking them. All right, so uh, let's move on to our next um, piece of evidence here, and we're going to talk about those photos that I did, in fact, share with you, Pat, and you said that you did look at what photos. Uh, yeah, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there are actually a lot of photos. I mean, there's, I will be putting some links and you can look at more photos, but there are two that are the famous photos. Uh, And these are the ones, again, that are on the plantation website itself. So I want to talk about those, those two. So let's talk about the first one. Um, And that is the plantation says is a photo of Chloe so uh they you know but we know that it's not uh but this is a photo taken in nineteen ninety two for insurance purposes mm. um It was taken outside, and it's of two it's kind of shows two buildings uh with like a little walkway between them, and basically after um they submitted these are the the they were new owners. They submitted the photos for the insurance company. The insurance company wrote back and said, hey, we can't use these photos because they have a person in them. And the owner said, nope, there's no people. We didn't have any people in there and we took the photo. So then they went and looked at the photo and when you look, there is a shadowy figure that you can see between the two buildings and they felt that it looked like a young girl. And Mm -hmm. so because of the Chloe legend, they'll say it's Chloe. Um, Obviously I don't necessarily think that there is somebody named Chloe, so it's not her, but it is in my mind a ghosty shadowy figure.
0: So yeah, looking at the picture, um, this is oddly, um, graphic picture of a, of a little girl. Um, Although, like when I looked at the zoomed out picture, so they have a zoomed out picture and then they have the zoomed in right. picture. yes. The zoomed out picture, I can't make that out. I can't see that particular shape that they are showing. Even though I saw the close up and they circle it, you know, <laughs> in the close up, I, I can totally see it. But in the far away one, I can't see it.
1: Oh, so, I can.
0: I, I mean, I, I tried... I gave it, you know, a good couple of minutes. Um, You know, I couldn't dwell upon this too long. But I will tell you that photographs are difficult because you never know the circumstances of the photograph. You know, you never know exactly how it was taken, when it was taken, what conditions the area was in at the time. And I just feel that the close-up, maybe they use some kind of enhancement that and i'm i'm 100% positive they use some kind of enhancement on it um, and that enhancement made it look more like that there is a figure of a of a girl there uh, photographs are really really tough to either debunk or prove that they're real even because of that because it's one moment in time you have no idea there could have been a little girl in the window at that time that we don't know.
1: Well, this is not in the window. This is that that's a different one. Oh,
0: you're talking about the black and white ones. I then. am
1: talking yes. This is the one that said it's two buildings and there it's a girl in between. The uh, okay, two so that
0: one I could not make out anything necessarily. Okay. So to me, it, it didn't look like anything. So that okay. one, but again, you don't know what was happening At this particular moment, it could have been a shadow of an actual person. We don't know for sure. And I'm sorry, it's just photo. I mean, people are going to say, you know, when I when when there's no photos that I say that there's no photos. And when there is photos, then I say, well, I can't tell. But I'm just saying that this adds to its credibility slightly. But to me, I still don't know the circumstances. If I'm not the one taking the photo, and even if I am the one taking the photo, I would have to be suspicious of the camera itself too. I would have to look at the before pictures, after pictures, I don't know. There's just a lot to it.
1: Yeah. So uh, the interesting thing is the the Myrtle, and I didn't read this anywhere else <laughs> that I could find, but the Myrtle's Plantation website itself um, claims that um, a National Geographic Explorer filming crew um, looked at the photo and determined that it definitely contained what appeared to be an apparition of what they believed to be a slave girl. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> what they believe. There's a couple I, words in there that I, are contrary to each other. A little bit, But they said the horizontal exterior boards of the mansion were clearly visible through the body of the apparition. Um, they use the photo in their documentary and they suggested that they uh, make a postcard of it. Um, so I don't know, um, <laughs> but they, they you can definitely um, see the photos on the, the website. And actually, if you just scroll down in the notes, I'll, I'll have them there. Um, and uh, it does look to me like a, a shadow of a, of a person is kind of by, right by the, the pillar.
0: And maybe it is. The, Who knows? Yeah. It could have actually been a shadow of a person.
1: No, no. Like a it's again not a not a person. ghost. Because there were no people there when they were taking these. Photos. Yeah,
0: that's what they always say, but we don't know. We weren't there. We weren't there. We have no idea the conditions. Well even of this if photo. I had been
1: there, I guess like theoretically there could have been something, but yeah. it doesn't look like it. Okay. All right. So what's your what's your rating?
0: Um I'm gonna have to go one on this one only because Again, I don't have enough information because I wasn't the one that took the photo. I don't have the camera that it was taken with. I can't test it on other things. And I'm not there to be able to actually try to simulate this picture under different conditions.
1: Okay. Uh, This one I'm giving a seven to. Of
0: course you are. I am. (laughs) It's
1: super freaky. Okay. All right, But again, I don't think it's Chloe. Yeah. Okay. Um, the second famous photo is, I think the one that you were thinking about in the yes. beginning there is, um, again, it's on their website. It's of a little girl's face in a window. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, like, yeah, you're out one. they're outside. The, the photographer is outside the house, taking a photo of the house and in the window, um, looking out from inside is what looks like the face of a little girl. There are also other very similar photos to this that mm-hmm. other people have taken that have, of, the, a face of a face of a young girl not not Chloe like it's a different face um, but um, this is the most famous one and the one that's shared by the plantation so I mm-hmm. think it's a good representative of that uh, so what do you think of that one? Yeah
0: again I can't like in the zoomed out picture it's hard for me to see that particular shape that they are showing the zoomed in picture very easy because they circle it Make it really clear. Um, you know, the, the one thing I will say, the curtains have a weird pattern to them. And the pattern is on the girl face. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little bit uncomfortable with that. Um, I, Again, this is, you know, the picture and, and frozen in time and humans make cameras. They're not perfect. I mean, they're perfect for the exact thing that they do at the exact second that they do it. Mm -hmm. And that it's hard for me to say that somebody wasn't actually there or, you know, or if it's just, you know, there's a stain in the curtain that looks like the this, but it it looks oddly like a little girl, like a little girl with like chubby cheeks too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one thing that I, I noticed in that. and, out of all the pictures that you've shown me, this one is the most that I've ever seen a actual shape of a person.
1: Yeah. And this one is this particular girl um, is uh, one that, again, is, is seen in other photos um, as well. Now, yeah, uh,
0: I wonder if it's in the exact same location. No, it's every it's not single time. actually. Okay.
1: It is not. Um, I forget her name. I'm so sorry, but there's a, it's one of the daughters of somebody, like her painting is in the house. So when you Mm -hmm. kind of compare her to the painting, it's similar. Um, So again, according to the Myrtle's Plantation website, the image was taken um, by um, a teacher Mm -hmm. and some of her students in the courtyard. Um, And they, so the plantation sent it to Dave Young of Paladin Paranormal for his opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a supporter of the Plantation, he said. And uh, he was amazed at what he found. And he sent it to the Society of Psychical Research in England.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the photo- Yeah, we talked about them in we, some we did. I knew that sounded familiar. I
1: thought it was cyclical. Uh, sh- sure, because, th- uh, yeah- Sure. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was taken with a Sony Cybershot DSC-P93A mm-hmm. camera. Um, and then Okay,
0: it- which, by the way, is is a lower resolution than your cell phones would be right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming this is an older picture. This is like
0: in the 90s, it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, right. Um, so it's less resolution than your, than your camera phones are, and your camera phones can pick up bunch of weird stuff too just just to point that part out sure, you sure. know
1: and then it says without going into the technical explanation that included megapixel capability mm-hmm. file that's size that's what
0: i was just kind of saying yeah
1: gif file um compression system shutter speed aperture setting iso speed setting, and the focal length of the lens let me confirm um that nothing at all unusual was discovered or reported about the photograph or the manner in which it was developed is basically what Dave said, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, again, people, it's still around. People still research it. Yeah. Um,
0: It is a really good picture. Yeah. You know, I, I can't explain exactly why, but again, I wasn't there. I didn't take the picture. I wasn't there to see the circumstances. I wasn't there to see it with my naked eye first. When it was zoomed out, I could not see that particular thing until I, till you know, I saw the zoomed in picture. Then it's like super obvious, but weird because the curtain pattern is on her body and That's her because face.
1: She is transparent. If nope, it was a real person, but that it wouldn't looks, be the case.
0: It doesn't look like that though. It doesn't look like it's. Yeah, I don't know. You have to really look at the picture. Um, I I think it's an incredible photo. But again, it was taken with a camera that has low megapixels, and it um, it just doesn't have the resolution of even the worst camera phone nowadays. <laughs> and it um, so there is a digital processing that happens when one of those photos are taken, too. And if the camera was on portrait mode, let's say, which in that particular case, it would be because there were two people in front that yes. they black out the faces. Mm-hmm. It would be in portrait mode probably, and it's looking for other people in the picture. So I don't know. That's all I have to go by. That's all I can suggest. I can't tell you 100%, but I can say I'm fairly confident that it's something to do with the camera and it's something to do with the exact time that it was taken.
1: Okay. I mean, so they do list comments that they've received about Mm -hmm. the photo, um, that say from, from these people trying to look at it, uh, things like, I see no reason why this type of camera shouldn't anybody be responsible for this strange phenomenon. Um,
0: Oh, I, I do. I mean, I, I see reasons why <laughs> that, I mean, seriously it would, it's, it's, it's the start of the digital camera phase mm-hmm. and those cameras were less than 35 millimeter cameras. 35 millimeter cameras have their flaws too, like the red-eyed photos and stuff like that, and a bunch of other things. Overexposure, they were worse than these cameras. Mm-hmm. So there's more problems that could occur with it, but just saying,
1: okay, uh, much more interesting than the average paranormal photo we generally receive. Yes, it is. Um, I, I agreed with that. Yeah, and then uh, we'll put this in the difficult to explain category at least for now as I try to gain more information. So again, these are quotes from people that are, you know, they send it to 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 look at. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so what's your rating after after all all of this? for this photo Uh,
0: for this one. I'm going to give it a two just because I will acknowledge seeing a little girl in that picture, but I don't know the circumstances again. So I can't give it a full on full on, you know, 10 or anything. So,
1: yeah, uh, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it an eight just because there is so much, uh, so many people have looked at it and they can't seem to figure it out. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, okay, let's move on to um, our next piece of evidence. We're, we're, all, we're almost done there. There's, there's so many. Again, I have to kind of pick and choose. Um, but we're going to keep going with the children theme. Okay. So again, there are many, many reports that I found from investigators, bloggers, visitors that talk about hearing and sometimes seeing in f- photographs, which we just talked about, children around the property. Even staff will say this. Um, So I found a story that I thought would be something we could talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, A blogger who stayed there shared this story while serving myself breakfast. She was doing her Mm -hmm. the bread and breakfast, right? I made small talk with one of the cooks asking him if he has ever seen or had a haunted experience in the house. And he says, quote, the other day while I was mopping, children's footprints began to run through the moisture on the floor. He recalled this, He, she said, without a hint of surprise. I asked him if he was shocked. He said, nah, you get them a lot. I just let them know that I would be closing the door when I was done so they'd have a chance to get out before I locked up. Again, there are a lot of stories like this from staff, from visitors, but this was this was a real specific one. Um, So we're going to use this one today.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... The one thing I can say that makes me um, like a like a red flag in this would be, and there's going to be a red flag in every single thing, right? <laughs> so I'm just saying this is a this is a red flag. This is something that draws my attention is that this is told by somebody that heard it from somebody else, right? So those are, I never like those kind of things because mm-hmm. interpretation, you know, it could be a matter of a word misspoken or a word misunderstood mm-hmm. that changes the whole context of everything. Mm-hmm. So I never like that. Uh as far as the mopping and then there was children's footprints, I you know, I don't know exactly what this is. Um I know that this is a really old place. Old foundation. I'm wondering if there's something that is there in the flooring that might cause that? I don't know. That's an instinct that I have would be to look at that. Um but I I don't know um well, I I mean just I'm trying to reread it as as I'm talking here. Um I like that the guy was like, you know, I'm going to close the door in a little bit. Give him a chance to get out. Like, again, he's
1: just used to, again, this is what you hear from people that they, one quote that I heard from a staff was that, like, they know within a month if people are going to make it because, like, the the ghosts, I guess. So, here's the thing. Again, a lot of these ghosts are not necessarily um, malicious, supposedly, so... Um, I will say a lot of the land where slave the slaves lived has been sold off and is is not a part of the house, but you know still there's a lot of slavery and a lot of bad things going on in that house but yeah, everyone says that the spirits no, no i read no reports that said they were scary yeah. um you know I've, other than obviously people are f- might be just in general frightened, but again, nothing bad happened to anybody. But that um, when a staff starts, it appears like the spirits kind of like come out of the woodwork and like mm-hmm. almost are like hazing them. And that if they still are working there within a month or two, then they calm it down a little bit. You don't, you don't see them or experience them as much and, and they know that you're you're a part of the crew. Now that was just one person saying that, but then this guy tells this story where he's just like, nah, like I see him all the time. You know, they're they're fine. They're just yeah. there and they're running around and doing their thing and you know, you just learn to live with them in the, in this house.
0: Yeah, I mean another thing is that there are kids that are going to be in the place, so it's not unlikely that there could be kids. Um it is un- unlikely the location, but I wonder also what part of the house this was in. The
1: kitchen, I think.
0: But I wonder what part that's in because mm. I you know, like that would put a time to me, then I would be able to say that this could be this kid or this could be that kid. Sure. It's, it's way too vague for this one. Okay. Uh, and again, story told by somebody that was told to them. When, when we go into restaurants, I always ask them, is this place haunted? hmm And uh, we'll always hear something. Yes. It's rare that we will hear somebody say absolutely nothing.
1: Well, we've had some people say, yeah, others that work here say they've experienced things but I haven't. Yeah. And they that's that's that pretty sometimes. common. Yeah. You know,
0: I I think they're being honest and mm-hmm. but anyways, I I you know, so I'm just going to say I I'm I'm going to have to give this one a 0 just because of how vague it is to me that I can't be able to do any further research into this one. All
1: right uh i'm gonna give it um, a seven okay again it's just representative of uh people seeing these these ghost kids and um all right so last one i picked again so hard to pick so hard to pick um but i went with ghost hunters again okay (laughs) so here they are um brian and steve in this episode share footage um, of a human-shaped shadow that appears to be outside the front entrance of the main house. But when they researched it, they thought, nope, it, this could just be a person. Mm-hmm. So they kind of you know, took that and said, no, nah, it's okay. But there was footage that they took inside the slave shack with the lead investigators, um, and it showed a lamp slowly slide on its own across the table. They are unsure of what caused it to move. So then later on in the episode, they try moving the lamp themselves, but notice that when it moves, it also moves the tablecloth underneath it, something that doesn't happen in the video. So now here's the thing. They also, and I'm sorry, because I forgot I was going to give you this back with the photo of the girl, that ghost hunters actually believes it's that thing that makes you think you see faces Mm -hmm. that I can never remember the, the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, So they actually did not believe the, the girl photo, the, the, Mm -hmm. in the window, but, but (laughs) the lamp moving and other things that they saw and heard, uh, make them conclude that there is enough paranormal activity to call Myrtle plantation, Myrtle's plantation, one of the most haunted places in America.
0: So first of all, the red flag. And this one is that it was ghost hunters. You know, it was one of these shows that get paid for this kind of stuff. And that's fine. You know, like I'd love the entertainment value of these kind of things. But another thing that caught my attention is you said that they noticed that the tablecloth moved underneath it when the lamp moved.
1: Right. So when they tried to do it themselves, I know, but yeah.
0: that's what I'm saying though, is the tablecloth moved. So if I was to move the tablecloth on this table, things are going to come with it. And you don't need to be right at the source then. I think it could be some kind of trickery that they're they're doing for that.
1: But in the footage, it shows the lamp moving without the tablecloth moving. And so that's why they think it was a ghostly paranormal thing that the lamp that moved But you said that the tablecloth
0: tablecloth moved when the lamp was moving on its own,
1: no, 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 it's the opposite. So when they were filming, they found footage that showed the lamp slowly oh, okay, slide see. on its own across the table. No one was doing it. So then, when they went to try to debunk it, that when they they just like grabbed and pulled the lamp themselves, mm-hmm. the tablecloth moved with it.
0: So Houdini used to do um, a lot of these, you know, seances, right, to show people that they were fake, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they would use magnets underneath the table to move stuff like this. This is a bigger object than what I th- no, I think Houdini actually did it with a um with a huge candle holder thing. Mm. So probably the weight would be less than that even. So magnets can do it. And if you're producing a TV show, you know they always find something in these things, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say I think this is smoke and mirrors for this one.
1: All right, so what's your rating? Zero. Zero. All right, I give this one a uh, a seven uh, because um, yeah, they're pretty good about debunking the things that aren't real, and then the things that they think they have some more evidence for. So I'm yeah, gonna but go in with every it.
0: episode, they always have at least one thing. Do they ever leave a place and say this place is not haunted at all?
1: Oh, I think so. I mean, they I've probably just don't make seen... episodes of those too much then, because you know, that's not very fun. But the You know, they taps does good stuff.
0: Okay, sure, sure they do.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, look, I find the entertainment value of it great. I love that kind of suspense, I love that kind of feeling, but I just see it as entertainment value. Mm. So okay, Rebecca, what are your what are your overall ratings then?
1: So my overall rating is a seven then. Okay, yeah. So that I mean, seems
0: like to factor. Yeah, in it's it's, pretty it's, good. it's in
1: the middle there. How about you?
0: Mine would be a one.
1: Okay, that's pretty high for you. Well,
0: I mean, I can't really round up. So if I had to, like, you had go a two over, in there, yeah. And if I had to like average it all out over the five pieces of evidence that you presented to me, which was more than just five in those, but uh, I would say that it would probably be a 0.75. So I'm just going to say one.
1: Then. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. That brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time because we all know that Rebecca likes to cheat at this particular time. So we will time each other on our cell phones.
1: You know, <laughs> I deserve better credit. Than
0: you this. have, I've proven that you cheated in one episode. Yeah,
1: one episode where we were having some fun. <laughs> fun to you, <laughs> not, it wasn't fun
0: to me, okay. Oh, it was super fun. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, are you ready? Yes. And go. All
1: right, so the Myrtle's Plantation um, has a hard history, uh, but it has ghosts and they're not uh, they're not necessarily uh bad ghosts but they're they're ghosts and it's not the stories that the the plantation wants to tell you um, but that doesn't matter. There's still ghosts there. They're just, you know, yeah, they're trying to make some interesting stories to help explain the ghosts, you know, but there doesn't always have to be an explanation specifically. Um, you know, there were children that died in the house. They weren't murdered by a cake, um, a poisoned cake, um, but they did die. Uh, and, um, you know, really, they're, they're, they're everywhere. There, there's photos of them in the, in the windows. There's, um, you know, stories of them being running around the house. Um and I just I I couldn't believe um how many stories there were. It's it's haunted.
0: All right. Wow, you went right to the second. I did. There. I
1: mean I gosh, it's so hard to keep myself to just the, the five pieces of evidence that I that I was allowed to choose, but it does start to get repetitive if we do too many. So
0: yeah, I mean, we could go on all day and these episodes and could be eight hours picture long of
1: a girl in the window. Yeah, and here's exactly. another story of someone getting tickled. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. And go.
0: So my first issue with this place is that there's too many legends. There's too many of these folklore things of Chloe and of winter dying on the 17th stair. <laughs> And that people hear footsteps going up, like he's making... I don't even understand why he would try to go up to the (laughs) 17th stair. But anyways, um, these are not true. And when there's all these falsehoods, how do you draw the line and say, this is real and this is not? There could still be falsehoods today. Um, Another thing that I wanted to say is that this was coined one of the most haunted places by somebody that had a vested interest in it, that owned the property, that was selling it out as a paranormal location. Enough said. This place is not haunted at all.
1: Wow. a uh, Wonderful use of the word falsehood. Yeah, that, I that's, like a, that's an old-time word. It's a farce. It's a farce.
0: All right, so I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family. As word of mouth is our best form of advertisement, and we truly mean that. That's where we get most of our people. Um, we got some live shows coming up. We'll talk about that probably. In our next episode, uh, although we do have the Paracon coming up.
1: We do. We do. We've got a lot going on coming up. Yeah. So next uh, next weekend, uh, the 26th, I believe, or twenty Yeah, the 26th. 26th. We'll be at Paracon. Um, and then next month, we've got um, Fan Expo. Yeah. Um, we're going to be there the 9th and the 10th. Um, and then Parapalooza is coming uh, on the 23rd uh, of July. Yeah, so and we just got
0: approved for C2E2. We just we don't know did. the date yet. We
1: did, but that's going to be in August. So all summer long. And you know what? We have an events page on ghostlypodcast.com. Yeah,
0: I will keep it updated with all Absolutely. the information. Uh So I want to bring attention to... Some of the most important people in Ghostly is our producers, right? Our VIP patrons. You got it. Um, They help us. And, you know, I don't just say this. We actually talk about show ideas with some of them. And, you know, we get opinions about stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, especially during our Ghostly AMAs, uh, that's a great time for people to, you know, say what they feel. And we always take um, their advice to heart.
1: Absolutely. So
0: uh, the first one is Carrie, Becky, Natalie, Kim, Ta, Ernie, Marisol,
1: Shayla, Cindy, Nicole, Darnay, Jessica, Alice, Austin, Aaron, Hope,
0: and Candy. So we will be talking about the Paps Mansion. You know Papp's Blue Ribbon. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. It's in Milwaukee. It's close by. Yeah. Um. You know, I've always been interested in the place. We've. Um, we've actually watched some stuff which talked about paps. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm really interested to bring that history into light and to find out why it's not haunted at all. (laughs) But we'll be talking about that July 6th.
1: Got it. And if you haven't yet, go fill out the listener survey. If you look right down right now, down at your phone and look on the description, if this is, if you were listening to this before the beginning of August, (laughs) time frame uh it, it'll be there and uh fill that listener survey out and you could potentially win a free ghostly t-shirt
0: yeah and they will be announced in our 100th episode yeah which we are super excited we've oh, been planning this one my and we got some ideas to really really bring it home
1: yeah it's gonna be super fun
0: like i think we might i i think we might hit a home run in this one
1: it, it's possible
0: yeah But until next time, stay ghostly.
1: Bye.